Welcome to BioThrive. What does it mean to thrive? I believe that in order to thrive, we need to optimize our biology, our chemistry, and the electrical frequency that courses through every cell and organ of our body. Thriving also means more than just a healthy body. It means abundant energy, deep connections, and happiness. BioThrive podcast is about all of this. You're invited to hear from leaders and innovators who share cutting-edge science tools and techniques to help you become the CEO of your own health. Don't settle for just getting by or surviving. It is your turn to thrive. Hi, everybody, and welcome to BioThrive, where we talk about what is going to make your biology thrive, not just survive. And I believe that you can be the CEO of your own health. So we're gonna talk about ways that are evidence-based that you can up-level your health and wellness on the inside and the outside. Today, it is my privilege to have my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Martone. We were together in our documentary series, The Healing Secret, and so excited to have him back now. He's the inventor of the Neck Nest, the natural sleep solution to correct your posture while you sleep. This is originally designed as a tool to help patients heal from neck and back injuries. And this revolutionary device is now being used to keep people healthy and improve their lives. Dr. Martone has been a dedicated doctor improving the lives of others since he began practicing chiropractic medicine in 2000. He practiced chiropractic with a focus on lifestyle-based approach with a strong emphasis on sleep and has developed a revolutionary concept called the neck nest sleep system. This is designed to help you sleep better, longer, and healthier. His techniques have been featured nationally on CBS, NBC, Fox National News, and he travels the country teaching people how to regain their health by mastering the art of sleep. Welcome, Peter. How are you today? I am doing unbelievable, but when I wrote that, (laughs) I think I might cut it down a little bit. That is a really lengthy bio, isn't that? Yeah, but you're awesome sauce. We don't want to leave anything out. And, oh my God, that's so good. You know, there's so much information out there about all kinds of health things, but I think that there's too little about sleep. And so let's dive into what the importance is. And I'd really like to make sure we talk about what, you know, there's a whole huge pharmaceutical market for sleep. And what does that do to our sleep? Is that really even sleep? Because I kind of call it just being unconscious. And so what would you have to say about the importance of sleep? What, how does it affect us? Well, you know, that, that's great. And thank you so much for that, that fantastic introduction. So sleep, it, the way that I explain it, is very analogous to having an iPhone or, or a smart device. And the more apps you have on that smart device open, you know, the more energy you're drawing from that smart device. So what do you have to do? You have to plug it in more. So the plugging in re-energizes the phone. So then you can open up all your apps and then you drain it the next day. And you have this cyclical thing of the more that you use the phone and the more that you're on the phone, the more it needs to be recharged. 
So ultimately, our body is the same way. The more performance that you want out of your body, the more recharge you need, and that is at night when you're sleeping. Just as, and this happens too many times, just as a a smartphone, if you have all the apps in and you only charge it a little bit, you lose the performance the next day. And in the body, your, your, your cell phone, you're, you're not, the body's just not going to end and then go out of business. What it's going to do, you're going to internalize disease over your entire life. And that is what causes chronic dysfunction from the inside out. Well, and you know, my teenagers always say to me, I'm like, oh, my phone. And they're like, mom, you have like 4,000 background apps and pages. Don't you ever close things? And so I think that your analogy of the iPhone or any kind of phone is a really apt one because even though we don't think we're multitasking or doing a lot or we're not paying attention or we didn't have a lot on our our to-do list that day, it might be those stresses and their worries and the thoughts that are like open apps that are draining us so that if we don't get the sleep, and it's interesting, those very things actually often interfere with getting good sleep. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the process of sleep? I think it's a miracle. I mean, I think it's a miracle we wake up. Everybody just takes it for granted that you wake up, but how? How do we wake up? And, you know, what? let's talk about the different levels of sleep and why it's important. Didn't they used to use sleep deprivation as a form of torture? They did. You know, you can go only a certain period of time without water before you die, without air before you die, and without sleep before you die. And arguably sleep, you go crazy after just 48 hours of sleep deprivation, your mind starts to deteriorate. So it is so important, and you really hit the nail right on the head when you said that not all sleep is created equal. Just because you close your eyes and you wake up six hours later, seven hours later, or eight hours later, All sleep is not created equal because our body needs to go through natural cycles of sleep. You go in and out of sleep cycles. Part of the sleep cycle most people hear about is REM sleep. Then you have deep sleep, which is non-REM sleep. And you go through the shallow sleep, deep sleep, shallow sleep, deep sleep throughout the night. And you're supposed to go through four to five natural sleep cycles a night, like a wave. So when you, in every sleep cycle has different benefits on the body, like in your REM sleep cycles, you're going to, you're going to defrag your hard drive. So if you're thinking a lot, thinking a lot, and you don't get good REM sleep, you just wake up irritable and angry. Whereas if you need a lot of replenishment and your body's healing and it needs to heal or thrive, you go, you need more deep sleep. So Deep sleep versus REM sleep and the balance between that is its own science and really being understood right now, which is where I am is diving into that stuff. But when in you your take pajamas. what's that? Oh yeah, in my pajamas. That's, this is the best job in the world to sleep. I can be in pajamas all the time. But then when you take a medication that puts you out, or you take something like alcohol to get yourself out or you, you take THC to put yourself out. What happens is you drop down into the subcomatose sleep state and you stay there the entire night 
and then you find yourself waking up with bad dreams because you're having this REM rebound. So when you sleep five hours, you don't get that restful night sleep and something that we'll talk about, your HRV or your heart rate variability rates when you wake up that next morning are shot. Oh, and that's so important. Okay, heart rate variability. Let's explain that a little bit for people because it's being used more and more and more in medical research to really tell us about our state of equilibrium, our state of health. People think, oh, I feel great, but then their heart rate variability is terrible. And that tells us that they have a low-grade chronic inflammation and stress going on that they've just learned to push by. So we've been using heart rate variability in our private practice for about 13 or 14 years and really understanding the mechanics, and you said it right at the beginning of this podcast, thrive versus survive. So that's, that's a type of system that controls that on a subconscious level is called your autonomic nervous system. And it's about makes up about 45% of the entire nervous system. And they're basically complete opposites of each other. A, a cell cannot be in stress in defense at the same time. What that means is you can't be running from a tiger and eating a sandwich at the same time. And you're, you know, you, your grandmother always told you, don't eat and then go swimming. Well, surviving is staying above the water and thriving is digesting food. So there are different organs that live in different, you know, there are survival organs. So if you're gonna run from a tiger, you need musculoskeletal system, cardiovascular system, your uh, respiratory, if I didn't already say that. And then if you want to thrive, you need your immune system, digestive system, reproductive system, and your hormones, a body core temperature. Sorry, body core temperature is over in survival. But so you have these systems that when one is uh, at play, the others get suppressed and vice versa. So based on that, whether it's your thrive systems that are running the heart or your survive systems that are running the heart, the heart beats differently. And you can take that beat of that heart. So if you're, if you're going to run from a tiger, you need a very consistent amount of blood to the muscles. So your heartbeat becomes very consistent. If it's 60 beats per minute, it's a beat every 60 seconds. That's what people think that your pulse is. It isn't. A healthier place to be is, is your body's in thrive, then your heart rate beat is very inconsistent, very variable, because your body is then ready for anything. So, so it's it's flexible and, and flowy. And flowy and ready to thrive versus very being very, very systematic and, and it puts the same stress on the pump. So back in the day when they were doing pacemakers, they would set 60 beats per minute, one beat every second. The hearts were blowing up because it put the same stress on the heart and the heart stress points would happen and then the, they would, people would have heart attacks. So what they found is the variability in a heart rate is very healthy. So now what you can do is if you get a good night's sleep and you're rested, the heart rate will be very variable. Whereas if you 
don't get a good night's sleep, you're going to be in a state of stress and your body isn't going to be as rested. So you'll get lower heart rate variability scores. Kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? You think that, you know, something that steady paced is going to be quote unquote better, but but this is the opposite of that, where your body has, your heart is having time to kind of check in and like, what's going over here? Oh, beat, beat. Oh, what's going over there? Oh, a beat. <laughs> so yeah. I, I love it, but it is counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive and in, in exactly what I thought when I was, you know, learning this stuff 20 years ago. But now you can buy just a regular heart rate variability monitor and which are inexpensive. I, I'm charging my ring. I have a ring that does it. And when people ask me, hey, doc, how much sleep do I need? I often ask them, well, you've got to tell me what your heart rate variability is. And I can tell you if you're getting enough sleep. Yeah, is it a bragging thing in some people? Like, oh, no, I only need two or three hours of sleep. Right. First and then of I all, look at their heart rate variability and they look like they're dead, you know? Right. And since when do you give your body what you could get by on? No, I want I want performance, right? I want to recharge my phone. I want to have all my apps off. I want to recharge my phone to the maximum capacity. Then like you put have everything going on it and deplete it all the way down and recharge 100% again. That's the way I want to live. If you have one good night of sleep, would you see a change in an evening to a morning heart rate variability? So heart rate variability, this is this is the, basically the way that heart rate variability has to be done. You take a heart rate variability reading over a month, okay? And you have a score and then, and then you get your normal score. And then within that period of time, keep a chart. I felt really good this day. You see what your heart rate variability was that day. Oh, I was run down. I was really, really, really good. So then you get your, your good days and you kind of look at all the information and you find out, okay, my average heart rate variability is this. And this, you know, this is what my energy level is. I am through the roof. I have so much energy. I don't want any more energy. So I'm good. And, you know, my heart rate variabilities, I know where I need to be. But one night, if I have alcohol and I go out with friends, uh, my heart rate variability could be down from zero to, you know, let's say 100. I could be a six, you know, and, and zero's dead. So, so I know that I feel horrible. So once you get established that norm, every night based on what's going on is going to vary from that. So yes, you can get a good night's sleep and your heart rate variability will improve a little bit. But you want to see a, depending on where somebody's state is, you want to create a goal and then it takes a long time to be able to consistently get to that goal. Great. Well, so how do we get a good night's sleep? So what the body loves more than anything, and what I believe is one of the hidden, this first time I'm talking about this publicly, but I'm coming up with something now on it. This is one of the devastations of the pandemic. This is one of the hidden devastations is lack of a schedule, right? Lack of consistency. So there's so many people now that are living from home in their normal day-to-day consistent schedule is, is out the window and the body doesn't like that variability in life. Your, your brain really needs consistency. So at lack of structure, that creates chaos. 
my number one tip to people, and I know it sounds you know crazy, but it is to create consistency for your body. Go to bed, wake up at the same time, and that is why the time change is so devastating for people. You're going to see people three weeks after the time change. Everybody thinks it's because a virus went around. Three weeks after a time change or within four weeks after the time change, people are going to be getting sick. That is because of that one hour spring forward. They're waking up an extra hour early because it's throwing the body that isn't plugging in enough at night to begin with. And people can't go to sleep at their normal time because they're going to sleep an hour earlier. So they stay up an hour later and then they wake up with their alarm clock an hour earlier. So you're condensing the sleep. Your body's not used to it and it's going to affect your immune system. So it's, it's consistent schedules, the best thing that you can do for sleep. Yeah, it's kind of like babies, right? You you know, you have this sleep routine with your when you have kids and you can literally see them starting to rub their eyes and yawn because they know that the bath is followed by the massage which is followed by the the feeding and then bedtime with rocking or whatever. You can you can just see that the body goes, "Oh, I get it. It's bedtime." So, I would imagine that getting a routine is also important. You can't just say, oh my gosh, I, I got to go to bed right now. And you know, you've been on your phone or working or out for a run or something, and then you just hop into to bed after you brush your teeth. It, is a routine important? And I always think that having like things that smell good and, and just start relaxing along the way, and it doesn't have to be long, does that help at all? Absolutely. The routine is is so important. And the routine differs based on person to person. Like tonight, I know I'm going to get a bad night's sleep. And you're oh, like, no. how, how do you I... know you're going to get a bad night's sleep? It's <laughs> like, well, plan differently. What's going on? <laughs> I know. Well, so for the last 20 years, on Tuesday night, I mountain bike. I exercise at a very high level. Uh, like right from here, I'm going to go mountain biking. So I'll mountain bike for two hours. But because my sympathetic system is stimulated at such a high level, your metabolism stimulates at such a high level, it will destroy my sleep pattern. So I build in on Wednesday afternoons to take a nap because I know based on how much energy I want during the day that I feel okay just busting through with adrenaline for the first half of my day in the morning take a nap, and then the rest of the half of the, half of the day, the second half of the day, I have the same amount of energy. So I, I'm, I'm a very scheduled, systematic individual. Prioritized your sleep. I love it. How long is the nap? Uh, the nap will be roughly 45 minutes to an hour. It's, uh, it all depends on what I need. I wake up without the alarm, with the nap, and usually it's about 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So... A routine, a schedule helps get a good night's sleep. There's an old wives' tale that said that the hours before midnight counted for more sleep than the hours after midnight. Is that true and why? That is because what happens is your body needs to get, you know, in order to really recharge at a, at a cellular level, balance out your hormones, your body needs to get into really good deep sleep. And deep sleep happens within the first third of your sleep cycle. Mo a lot of, most of the deep sleep does. And then you also, right around midnight, 
people tend to get an energy spike. That is why when, you know, people are really tired, 9, 11 o'clock, then they get an energy spike, then they can't fall asleep and for two hours later because of that energy spike. Well, if you're in bed in deep sleep before that energy spike, then you're going to get a lot more healing done within that uh, deep sleep period. So the I often tell my patients every hour of sleep before midnight is worth two hours of sleep after midnight. Wow. I always thought that it was partly due to the fact that, you know, we do wake up. It's a miracle. And cortisol has a little bit to do with that. And our cortisol level just starts climbing up the bottom of the swimming pool to the surface to bring us to consciousness, awakeness, at about four o'clock in the morning. So if you haven't been asleep for long enough before that your body starts bringing you to the surface, you're not going to be able to visit all the stages that you need to for long enough to wake up rejuvenated. Yeah, the a- the average person will go through all four sleep cycles, half eight, eight, eight half sleep cycles in eight hours. I mean, when somebody asks me how much sleep should we get, I believe the human body is designed to get at least eight hours. I get nine hours. I'm in bed closing my eyes for nine hours, but your body goes through different things. So probably getting eight hours and 45 minutes of real, of sleep or eight and a half hours of sleep. Yeah, my friend and colleague, Dr. Daniel Amen, has some really great research on how sleep affects the brain because, you know, he does all those imaging of the brain. And he has some imaging proof that says that less than six hours of sleep literally shrinks your brain. So we want to get to sleep. We want to, at a certain time every night, we want it to be well before midnight, maybe 10, 10.30 latest, so that you're in your deep sleep, or, or is that not I really? Like, I like 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock would be nice. 9.30, 10. Not any invigorating, sympathetic, activating activities before you go to bed. What else can we do? What about temperature? How does temperature affect our sleep? Because it's across the board. There's some women who they get hot because they're in perimenopause or menopause, and then they don't want any blankets and they want a fan, and then they freeze. And temperature is a thing that affects sleep. Yeah, temperature is a huge thing. I mean, it is because one of the ways that we get into a good deep sleep is our body core temperature needs to drop close to two degrees. And if it's not dropping two degrees, we have an issue. But then in the medical world, we talk about allostatic load. Allostatic load is a hierarchy of systems that the body will, the body wants to stay alive before it will thrive. So one of the core thrive survival systems is body core temperature. It will do everything to keep the core temperature at 98 degrees and then drop slightly. So if you're putting a fan on you, that's cooling the system down. It will suppress the three parasympathetic systems or the thrive systems that are all tied in. Reproduction, which is hormones, immune, and digestion by sacrificing, keeping the heart rate up in order to keep the core temperature up. So there's a dance between balancing body core temperature and having skin exposed to be able to cool down the body enough. So the way that I explain it or I use with patients, I don't have a blanket here, is your body only cares about from here to here, chest to your hips, right? Only cares about the core. If you can, I'm hot, I stick out my foot. 
stick out your arms, stick out your, your, your legs, everything. Have every appendage out you want. Those things can be in a bucket of ice for 15, 20 minutes, and all, the body's just going to take the cool uh, blood and warm it up at the heart. So don't worry about your arms and your legs. Worry about your core. So just put blankets over your core and let in this temperature regulate out your arms and your hands. And you can even fan those, right, to cool them down quicker. But use these as your radiators, not your core. Should we have two blankets on a bed where you're sleeping with someone else? Because that That's is hard. Perfect. I love it. I am not a believer in, I, listen, you want to snuggle, cuddle with your hubby, hubby, you know, or vice versa. I love that. That's great. But when you're done snuggling, he's a furnace, you're a furnace. Just be your own furnaces under your own covers. So yeah, you should have your own blankets. So we've talked about bedtime, activities, routine, temperature. Now we should talk about structure. Yeah. Right? Because how you sleep. Everybody thinks that, you know, oh, I just need a firmer bed or I just need a softer bed or a different pillow. I mean, I have people who are who literally bring pillows to hotels because they can't sleep without their pillow. So let's talk about posture, position, all of that. Yeah. So let's get back to your audience, right? You mentioned maybe a cross section of the audience is our age, maybe, maybe a little older. So one of the things that becomes important is we talked about this, the balance between your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system or your survive versus your thrive systems. Now, you can either have an overstimulated system, which throws off your hormones, or an understimulated parasympathetic system or, or thrive system, which will suppress your hormones. So you can either suppress them by sympathetic dominance or suppress them by not being able to have a healthy parasympathetic nervous system that controls the entire reproductive digestion immune system. Well, that nerve so happens to be called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve comes right out from the base, uh, right under, from right under your ear. It's the top bone in the human body. Now, the reason why that alignment is so critically important is because when the atlas is out of alignment, which is the top bone in the human body, you're going to have either some ringing in your ears, some clogged ears. You might have had ear infections as a child. You might be losing some hearing. You might have blocked ears, but that atlas being out of alignment affects the entire function of the parasympathetic nervous system so it suppresses digestion immune system and reproductive system just by the misalignment of this bone so now let's get into what we do all day long we type we're on our phones and then we sleep in a position where we love to you know be all cuddled up and in this little ball that all reinforces forward head position, which throws the atlas out of alignment, causing, in most cases, a compensation of lower back pain because of just the, the writing reflex, which says body posture adapts to head position. Our heads are really heavy. Weight of a bowling ball. So the weight of a bowling ball, every inch your head comes forward is worth 20 extra pounds of pressure on the muscles in the base of your neck. 
So anybody that has neck tension or back tension, will, you'll see will have this forward head posture. I have a trick for that because I felt like, you know, I used to dance professionally in a ballet company and I felt like I had, I had pretty good posture. So I have this double check system with that when I sit in my car, does the back of my head touch the headrest? <gasps> Never. <laughs> Never. It's so bad. I'm like the little hunchback and I don't even realize it. Yeah, it, America is, right? There was a campaign which I loved. It's not there. Look up America, right? So keep your head up. And to your point, we're only consciously aware of, of what we do in the entire day, less than 5% of the day. And like, let's say you're thinking about something and you're driving a car and you're driving a car and you focus, you get a phone call. You're not driving the car consciously. It's your subconscious brain, which is driving the car. So we can't consciously think about better posture. We need to set up a life that helps maintain the integrity and the balance of our nervous system by being able to create habits. And muscle memory. In muscle memory. Muscle memory is controlled by the, um, by the brain. So it's actually brain patterns that control the muscle memory. So we want to change the neurological patterns in the brain. And you, do, you can do that by changing your sleeping posture. I don't call it sleeping position because everybody gets afraid when they look at the position that I want you in or the posture I want you in. And you know where we're going with this. I, the first thing that people say, I can't do that. There is no way I can I can be in that sleeping posture. I'll never fall asleep. I can't stay asleep like that. I need to I need to suck my thumb. I, I feel you know the, you know I, I feel violated if if I'm exposed into the air. Whatever it is, you just hear all of these I can'ts, and then I make the statement: You only have to be in this position. I'm going to show you. One hour a night. Oh, okay, I can do that. And I'm blatantly lying to you because I know that if I only put you in that for one hour a night, eventually you're going to be in that position. But we can't think of the whole night. So I just tell you just to start an hour. That's it. That's all I need, one hour. You bribed your children with this. Everybody. Everybody. You? And consequently, one of my children still won't listen to me. I come into a room. Oh, my God, it drives me crazy. So what's this posture? What are you talking about? Think about a coffin. <laughs> I know it's horrible. Let's not. <laughs> All right, we're gonna no, let's not. So I'm gonna put myself into this position, and I'm gonna show you how to be. You can either use what we have, you know, which is which is something that we can talk about, or you can use a pillow. And you can use a pillow in a very. Can you see me, or should I bring it down a little? Yep. Bit? No, we can see you. Okay. All right. So you don't want to support your head, right? Remember, we want to reverse this. We want to do, in a sense, that. Right, because that's the curve it should be. That's the curve it should be, yes. So it's always better, like right now, I'm looking up at you, looking up at the computer screen. I don't, like when I see people do the, you know, podcast something, they're looking down. That just causes a headache, just looking at it so so I have I have all my computer screens higher um, when I sit down I like to look up because when you look up America you're going to establish the natural curve versus having that forward head posture 
makes your neck look better too on a podcast. <laughs> it's beautiful. So beautiful. And then, so we are going to reverse the damaging effect of the modern day lifestyle. We're going to help align our cervical spine, improve the function of our parasympathetic hormones, which also improves the function of our parasympathetic nervous system, which also improves our digestive system and our hormonal system. Just by changing your sleeping position one hour a night. So here we go. Lie on our back, you take a neck nest, you get it here, or, or whatever you get, and then you put it right underneath your neck. <laughs> Don't fall asleep on us. <laughs> All right, it was nap time. All right, nap time's tomorrow. So it's a neck pillow, a neck nest. Yeah, it's a, this is a neck nest, and that's the reason why we called it the neck nest. It's a place where your neck goes to nest every single night. And it's if you notice, I'm having, and I'll show you what else I do. So I found that this has been helping me with deep sleep is I, I use one of these little uh, masks, right? So I put this right under my neck, but look at the weight of my head. It's hanging off the back. And the weight of my head is what's creating that arch. So normally these neck pillows have this thing that still do this. See what's happening to my chin? Closes down my airway. So if you notice, that opens up the airway and in, in I'm looking straight up at the ceiling. That actually, you know, I, I look at you and go, oh, goodness gracious, I'm never going to tell my husband to sleep like that because he snores. But if this is opened up, he probably won't be snoring. I think he snores because he's trying to prop himself up and it's closing, closing, closing. And every time he's on his back, it's all crunched together because he's propping himself up on multiple pillows. Yeah. And then one of the things, too, is you can use like these little bed wedges, right? So like elevated sleeping. And then you're going to be less likely to snore. And then you can put a pillow right under here, right? But now my neck is still open. And then you can put something. Nice. Nice. Underneath, because right. the more pressure and the more things you have on you, on your chest, the more comfortable and protected you will feel. See, when you were back in mom's womb and all that kind of stuff, we have this, you know, people sleep all curled up in a ball, like one of those little ball bugs, you know, like the little ones that curl up in a ball. Yeah. You know, because that's protection. This is exposed. So one of the fundamental core subconscious ways to be able to get to sleep is to create a protected environment, right? A place where you feel safe in your environment. And, you know, that's what we do with our clients is we help them create that in their, uh, in their own home. In their space. Wow. I know that all of these things are, we focus on hormones in our Seattle clinic and progesterone is so important for sleep. Women who wake up between two and four in the morning have a progesterone deficiency until proven otherwise. But I find that the doses of progesterone keep going higher and higher and higher and higher to help these women sleep. But if they implement some of these techniques, the dose needed is a lot lower. And it's probably because like what you're saying is that your own body is helping produce some of that own, your own hormones, your own progesterone. Yeah, correct. You know, you, the nervous system is such an underappreciated 
system within you know our current health paradigm and that is why i love chiropractic is because that is really the fundamental principle of the profession is to allow the nervous system to function more efficiently just recently we had a patient come in and she has uh, numbness and tingling down her arm in at the c6 c6 c5 dermatome level and she had said to that asked her, her neurologist does this have anything to do with my thyroid condition? Me, benounced to me, I did not know that she asked that question three days earlier. And she came into me and she said, oh, I have uh, numbness and tingling here. I'm like, all right, well, tell me about your thyroid condition. She's like, uh, what? wait, 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 wait. I talked to my neurologist and I asked him that same question. And I said, do you think it's a coincidence that the same nerve that goes to the C5, C6 dermatome level, right, where you feel sensory, is the same nerve that, you know, basically same nerve root or level that goes to your thyroid gland. They're connected. So you can't say that, that you know. <laughs> this one works, but yeah, this one but doesn't. This one, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. Oh, you feel that one, but no, that has nothing to do. It's the same nerve. Yeah. Out yeah. of the same nerve root. Oh, it, it drives me crazy sometimes. I know, I know. It's, it's the holistic approach. Now you have this neck nest for sale. So if people wanted to try this out, our listeners can get a 10% discount, right? Yeah, they can go to uh, necknest.com. Well, we'll have a link on BioThrive Podcast so that they can actually get that discount. Perfect, yeah, I'll just give you a code. It'll be on your website, it'll be for your listeners. Perfect, and we'll get you the bio and information about this fabulous neck nest and a discount code at biothrivepodcast.com. And any last tidbits that you'd like to share? I always ask my guests to share either one thing, maybe related, maybe not, to what we were talking about that they know will bless people's lives or their favorite book. <laughs> so... This is what I tell people is getting good quality sleep is an art and it is an art that needs to be mastered and don't get frustrated where you try something one night and it doesn't work or you try something the next night and it doesn't work. The people that win in life are the people that have set a goal or they've identified what they want in life health wise. And then they build in the habits to achieve that. Because ultimately, your health is a state of your daily rituals. What you do on a daily basis defines your health and well-being. And if you need support, when you go to necknest.com, we have a, just an online course that you can also look at. 30 days, very low-key, just watch videos. But what it is, is find somebody that you trust, like Dr. Tammy, right? You find somebody that you trust and you just listen and then you start to implement and build the building getting the health you want is building the habits that can get you there so that's my word of advice beautiful well thank you so much for sharing your sleep wisdom i hope that everybody enjoyed learning how they can be the ceo of their own health and you can create a better sleep outcome and it's in your own hands by creating your own habits 
Thank you for being with us today. Don't forget to share this with friends and family. Health can be as contagious as anything else. So pass it on. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. I hope that some of the information helps you become the CEO of your own health. Remember, health can be contagious, so be sure to pass this on to those that you love and make sure that you subscribe so you're right on track to hear more amazing information to help you thrive. Have a beautiful day.